Hey, how's it going, NFL fans? We're back for another episode of Goal to Go. I'm Kevin Haswell, here with my co-host, Connor McCarthy. Um, we're ready to dive in, talk about some football. Uh, Connor, how you doing? Doing great, man. Another great week in the NFL. Lots of big names to talk about. Yep, definitely. Uh, we'll start out with our first topic of the day. Adrian Peterson actually got traded from the Saints to the Cardinals last week. Uh, the Saints received a sixth-round pick in return. Um, Peterson... Shows off in his first game back, 26 rushes, 134 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, looked more like a vintage Adrian Peterson. Connor, let me pose you this question. Is Adrian Peterson back to being elite? I think he is. This, Saint, this Cardinals offense is perfect for him. Like everybody said in, in, with the Saints offense, he never really fit. Running out of the shotgun's never been his forte, and the Saints really had to change their entire offense just to get Adrian Peterson the ball. I mean, he only had 27 carries for 81 yards. Three yard, averaging three yards carry while Mark Ingram and Kamara looks way better. So it was best for both sides for him to get out of there. Obviously, the Saints uh, would have liked to get more out of him, but they need to get rid of him while they could. Now, the Cardinals loved having him, and it's perfect for him right now because he provided a spark that this team has been missing. He really carried put the team on his back, and that's the type of running back he is, and he showed that he still has it. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he averaged 4.1 yards per carry. Um this year between two different teams. But, you know, with with Arizona, he's averaging 5.2 with the one game. And then New Orleans only averaging only averaged three yards per carry. Um, and it really shows. I, I think he also needed that change of scenery. I think the move to Arizona, uh, you know, a, a, maybe a better all-around offensive team than the Saints are. Um, a, a change of scenery is definitely something he needed. And, you know... Now he's more motivated, and I, I think it showed this weekend. Um, and I think it's going to help the Cardinals down the stretch. But, see, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do when David Johnson comes back later in the season. Connor, what do you think? I think that's a really interesting question. Obviously, David Johnson is one of the premier running backs in the game when he's healthy. Adrian Peterson, if he keeps running like this, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with David when he gets back. Obviously, David's still the guy there. You can't just throw off your... Very young running back that has all the talent in the world that's a dual threat on both sides, which Adrian Peterson lacks. But if Adrian Peterson is running like crazy, running for 100 yards a game, I don't see how you cut into his workload too much. I don't know. It might be a split down the stretch, and if Adrian Peterson keeps performing the way he performed yesterday, obviously it's one game. We don't want to make too many big adjustments, but it will be a very interesting question at the end of the season with uh, these two running backs. Yeah, definitely a difficult situation considering David Johnson. Ran for twelve hundred over twelve hundred yards last year and sixteen touchdowns. Averaged over four yards per carry. Uh, definitely an issue, but I I think there's no question here that David Johnson's the best running back or the better running back of the two. Um, so I think Adrian Peterson takes a back seat once David Johnson comes back. But you know that's that's an that's a problem any head coach would love to have too many good running backs. Um, and you know it definitely showed this week. Mark Ingram for the Saints. He looked much better without Adrian Peterson in the backfield. Alvin Kamara looks really good. Uh, I think the Saints team has really benefited from unloading the pressure of having Adrian Peterson on their team and having to go to him. Well, that's what I want to say. I think this move has really just helped both teams so much. You saw the offensive running explosion for the Saints this past week. They scored over 50 points, and Drew Brees wasn't even throwing. For, I, how much yards did he throw for? Like 160 yards? He wasn't even that far into the game. I, obviously, if you can take a load off Drew Brees with the running game, which they've been trying to do for years, then that's a great thing. Then you go back to Arizona, where 
The Cardinals coming into the season were one of my favorite teams. I thought they'd bounce back after a pitiful year last year, and they came right out, and they were disappointing. David Johnson got hurt off right off the bat, and like the offense just didn't look great. Carson Palmer looked like he was regressing once again. But now they're 3-3, three and three, and they have some momentum. And obviously we know the NFC West is still up for grabs. The Rams look good. Seattle's on and off, but anything's possible in this division. And I think the Cardinals now with Adrian Peterson have momentum, and they can carry that all the way till they get David Johnson back. And then maybe it's a two-headed monster. We don't know. But I like the Cardinals right now. I think Adrian Peterson is going to be a tremendous key in this success. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they have a really good division. Um, I really don't do think besides the records, there's three really good teams in that division with the Cardinals uh, potentially being an NFC contender. Then you have the Rams, their defense and Jared Goff put together kind of having a great season. And then you look at the Seahawks who really aren't playing up to potential, who I think is the best team in that division. So, you know, tough, tough, but Adrian, adding to Adrian Peterson definitely helped. And I just wanted to jump to the Saints, you know, this week uh, without Peterson, Mark Ingram, 25 carries, 114 yards, averaging 4.6 yards per carry and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara had 75 yards on 10 carries, averaging 7.5 yards per carry. Those two guys definitely have benefited tremendously from the Adrian Peterson trade, and I'm excited to see what they can do the rest of the season because the Saints team is definitely excited what they're seeing out of Kamara out of Tennessee. This is a little bit off topic, but go back to the West where uh, you didn't even mention San Francisco. Obviously, they haven't won a game this year, but they're very competitive with everybody. Obviously, they set the NFL record this week uh, with five games in a row, I think, that they lost by a field goal or less, or I think it was more than five point or less than five points. It's ridiculous. That entire division is competitive, and I think it's going to come down to the wire. But Adrian Peterson could be the thing that gets the Cardinals over. Yeah, I'll probably get bashed for this, but I think the 49ers can get can be beat by like Alabama. They're so bad. Oh, they're so bad. Oh, but they're so competitive. Nah, they're really they're really bad. It's they have a problem at quarterback too. They actually had to bring in C.J. Beathard this week, who played at University of Iowa and it was not very good in college and now he's not very good in pros. So, I mean, this 49ers team is just weak. All I'm saying, if San Francisco can beat by Alabama, then JMU can beat the Browns. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think it, I think that that marks us uh, marks for us to move on. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, in case you missed it, was thrown down this weekend, tore, or broke his collarbone, uh, could miss the rest of the season, underwent surgery yesterday. The Packers... Uh, now I have to look towards Nick Hundley and you know this um this Packers team was picked by a lot to win the NFC, picked by a lot of people to win the NFC this year. Uh, definitely a contender, but now without Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season, they still have the weapons. Uh, but who knows what they'll get out of Nick Hundley? Connor, how does the Aaron Rodgers injury shake up the NFC? Obviously, it shakes the entire league. Rodgers, in my opinion, is the best player in the NFL and certainly one of the most exciting players to watch. Uh, if Rodgers makes uh, misses the whole season, I'll start with the Packers. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I really don't. And I don't know if they're even a playoff contender in that division. It's a great division with Minnesota. As I'm going to next to their division, I think Minnesota's now the favorite to come out of the division. I think the Lions are going to get their act together a little bit and maybe push for a wild card spot. Chicago's getting better since Trubisky's taken over. That running game's really taken off. He's obviously created a couple more plays. But I... I think the Packers finished third in that division right now. I don't see them leapfrogging anything. Now, if Rodgers is able to come back at, at a little bit sooner than we think, then maybe they have a shot, but I don't see them going too far with Hunley. Hunley, I think, will be an okay job, but he's not Rodgers. He's not able to carry the team like that man is. So right now, I think the Packers are a much, much weaker team, and it just hurts the entire uh, NFC. 
Yeah, you know, if, if you don't know much about Nick Hundley, uh, actually drafted out of UCLA, uh, was has been terrific over the last couple of years in the preseason, but hasn't gotten the snaps in the regular season due to Aaron Rodgers playing so well. So, kind of up in the air what you'll get out of him. Again, it's a first-team defense. But, um, yeah, and I keep saying Nick Hundley, it's Brett Hundley. That's when you know. Um, but, yeah, out of UCLA... But I think the team in that division, the NFC North, that benefits the most is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think, you know, they active, they have to activate Teddy Bridgewater off the PUP list. They can get him back. Uh, Bradford's health is kind of up in the air. The Vikings definitely benefit the most. But, Connor, what, what would you think of the, the Packers maybe going out and getting a quarterback? Maybe Tony Rumbo comes out of the booth and plays quarterback for, for his hometown Green Bay Packers. Or, or... Hot take, the Vikings trade Sam Bradford to the Packers oh, for I, a second-round pick. That would be insane. Like like a lot of people have said, and like Mike McCarthy's come out and said, that organization doesn't like to go out, and they like their own guys in Green Bay, and they've liked that over a while. They think they've groomed Hunley for a while now. They think that he's ready to take the reins. Now, obviously, if he starts struggling, maybe they look to veteran help, but I think they're going to give Hunley every chance to make his mark right now. And I want to get back to... This affects the entire NFC wildcard race as well. I mean, if you look, there's 11 teams right now with three wins already. And in the NFC alone, every team's going to be competing so hard, and it's just going to be hard for the Packers to keep up if they can't win that division, which I think Minnesota's going to start to run away with it, especially if Teddy Bridgewater comes back and plays to his potential. If he comes out on fire, Minnesota will be a better team for it. I mean, even their third-string quarterback, Bridgewater, Keenum. I mean, look at him. He's playing well, too. So, right now... I think that the Packers are going to struggle. Yeah, you know, I, I like I said, the Vikings are going to benefit the most from it. But I don't think they're going to run away with this division. The Lions, still a really good team, uh, good offensively, good enough defensively. Um, but And I think Matthew Stafford keeps them in most games. So uh, I, I'm really, I mean, this is this is really shook up, shook up this division because the Vikings look more like a wild card team. Packers look like they're going to take this division by storm, but... Now it's anyone's uh, anyone's division, so we'll see. But like you said, we talked about this on uh, earlier episodes. The wild card race in the in the NFC is very crowded. Um, you know, you got three teams in the NFC North. You have arguably three teams in the NFC East. Three, four teams in the NFC South, and three teams in the NFC West. All those teams could potentially make the playoffs. So, you know, all these teams are kind of nodding their head with a smile right now, knowing the Packers are kind of out of the race a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I also want to say shouts out to my boy, Brett Hundley. I do not mean to disrespect you by calling you Nick Hundley half this episode. If you're but, watching, Brett, we're sorry. Yeah, if you're watching, I'm surprised. But or listening, sorry. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, but, you know, this, this wild card race down the stretch is going to be very interesting. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, on a on a personal note, I just want to say how it's it's a disappointing thing that Rodgers is down because like NFL fans everywhere, there's been a lot of big names that have gone down so far in the early season. Odell, JJ Watt, Rodgers, Eric Berry, and these players are they're just people you want to watch in their game. They're the top of the game. They're really great personalities, and they just make the game better to watch. And it's just a disappointment that we don't get to watch Aaron Rodgers' brilliance every week. Yeah, you know, NFL ratings for Packers games are definitely going to go down a little bit. Um, it's it's tough to watch, you know, Brett Hundley throw the ball to Jordy Nelson when you're used to Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. 
But a um, little off-topic question, catching Connor off guard a little bit here. But what team do you think in the NFL has been hurt by the injury bug the most this year? Do you think Definitely. the Do you think the Rodgers injury warrants that the Packers have been hurt the most by injuries, or do you think maybe a team like the Giants that's, who are missing their whole receiving? That's court? who I was going to say. You know that that's a really good question. I it's kind of the magnitude. So Rodgers missing out, he's one player, but he affects the whole entire team. He brings them from Super Bowl contender, I think, to verge playoff team. Now the Giants missing all three of their receivers, I think it's kind of similar. It's almost that same magnitude, where they're losing their players. They're I, they've had so many injuries bugged by that. It, it just raises a good question. How it shows how much the quarterback means to the NFL. How much an elite quarterback can mean to a team. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I personally think the Giants are more hurt by injuries. Uh, they've been missing Olivier Vernon the last couple of games. Uh, missing Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall, Odell Beckham. Uh, that, that those are not small names. Um, tough to replace those guys. So I mean, lo- losing Rodgers is tough because he's really the captain of that team, the leader of that team. Uh, not only that, he makes all those weapons on that team even better than they actually are. So it's almost the Tom Brady effect. Any receiver that Aaron Rodgers is thrown to is a good receiver, aka Devontae Adams. Not really a good receiver, but Rodgers makes him look good out there. So. I don't want to say, like, all teams have to deal with injuries. I mean, you look at our two teams right now. Look at the Bucks. I mean, look at their defense. They've had a lot of injuries on that side, yep. and it's it's played a big role. I think they're a pretty good defense when they're all healthy. But teams have been able to take advantage of that. Look at the Redskins. When their players have started to go out, their entire secondary goes out, and the Chiefs start dicing us up a little bit. So every team has to deal with injury in their own way. Sometimes you just can't replace players. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks definitely tough for the Bucks. I mean, they haven't. They haven't had Quan Alexander in the last three or four weeks. Haven't uh, ha- finally got Levante David back this week and TJ TJ Ward. And uh, you know it was tough this week. They they didn't they weren't able to score offensively and they just kept breaking down early defensively and the game you got away. You don't know how healthy those players really are. Yeah, they're on the field. You never know. Um, and it's definitely going to hurt the Buccaneers the rest of the season. They don't have a bye week. Um, they lost their bye week week one. So. Uh, the injuries are just going to keep piling on because these guys don't get a week off. But we're getting off topic a little bit. Um, we'll go back to our next topic. Uh, the Falcons started the season 3-0. They've lost two in a row. Uh, Connor, are they in trouble? I think the Falcons are in a little bit of trouble. They're not boiling over. like They're not like in panic mode yet or anything. But it's definitely eye-opening that they had these two losses, two teams. The Bills, I, I want to give them a little bit of credit. They seem like they're a decent team, but the Dolphins especially. They were up 17-0 at halftime. They left left the Dolphins, led by Jake Hutler, come back, who have looked horrific over the past couple weeks. That's an eye-opener. But still, I think it's more a matter of they just need to learn how to finish games. It's the same problem that stemmed from last year in the Super Bowl. It's kind of coming back to haunt them. Uh, one thing I want to point out, why did Freeman get nine carries for 68 yards? He's the highest-paid running back in the NFL when you have a 17-0 lead. Give your best player the ball. I know Tevin Coleman got a little bit involved. He had nine carries as well, and he had a touchdown. But those two players should have over 20 carries combined every game, in my opinion. That's a formula for success. And uh, you can't just expect Matt Ryan to go out and be an MVP every week like he was last year. He stepped back a little bit this year. He already has, I think, uh, six picks, which is one less than he threw all of last year. So I think the Falcons are still a really good team. They just have to put it all together. Yeah, you know, the six interceptions definitely stems from them not running the ball as much as they probably should. Uh, they're averaging 4.8 yards per carry when they do run the ball. 
but they're actually 21st in the NFL in rushes and att- run, rush attempts. And I, you know, when you look at that backfield with Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, I don't know how you don't give just feed those guys to the rock when I, you have the ball. Less than 20 carries. And, and when you're up in the game, too. I mean, they're third in the NFL in touchdowns and fourth in the NFL in yards per attempt. So it shows you give these guys the ball, they're going to make it happen. But you put a lot of pressure on your quarterback when you refuse to run the ball and you force him to throw the ball, especially when you're winning. I think, you know, last year uh, kind of kind of lost, they lost some confidence losing that, being up 28-3 to and losing to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think that definitely hurts the confidence of the offense, kind of scrambles around, makes you second-guess everything you're doing. But, you know, I don't know much about football, the scheme-wise, but I'm no genius, but just give Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman the ball. I mean, 4.8 yards per carry and six touchdowns combined this year rushing. Just give them the ball. I, I don't see an issue, uh, but it's it's – it's the reason they've lost two games. One way I'll get back to it, too. Where's Julio Jones really been? He hasn't done a whole lot of stuff right now. He's not disappeared or anything, but he doesn't have a touchdown on the year. Matt Ryan didn't really find him too much this last game. We saw a lot of cornerbacks. He was beating him a couple times. Matt Ryan missed him. But I think that Julio Jones needs to get more involved in this offense once again. And once they start getting him involved, it just opens other things up so much. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Get him the ball. Devontae Freeman's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Get those players the ball. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Matt Ryan, you know, has struggled to get Julio Jones the ball this year. Uh, in the Green Bay game and the Detroit game, he had 21 targets and only caught 12 balls. So, you know, they might not be on the same page. It's been a little better over the last two weeks. Uh, 11 targets for nine nine catches. Um, but really, you know, only 102 yards for Julio Jones in the last two games um, and zero touchdowns on the season. And... You know, the target percentage, the catch percentage is, is lower than it usually is with him. He's usually one of the most consistent receivers in the league. Like like Connor said, I don't know how you have arguably the second best receiver in football behind Antonio Brown, and you don't give him the ball. It just it doesn't make sense. I mean, in my opinion, I love Antonio Brown as much as I think those two are like there's different they have different a little bit of different skill sets, but they're even in my book when it comes to talent. I mean I mean you, Talent. Antonio Brown is by far the best route runner oh. in the game, and oh. that's why he's so good. There's no doubt. Antonio Brown is amazing. I love Antonio Brown. I'm not going to go into that because he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. But Julio Jones has as much capability as making those wild plays as Brown does. And I think that any other receiver in the NFL, you look at these numbers and be like, ah, oh, this is okay. This isn't okay for Julio. He needs to be in those 100s. He needs to have multiple touchdown games. He's that good of a player. And until we start seeing that, I think the Falcons will continue to be this team that blows leads yeah you know and, and it's definitely he's getting less yards per catch this year too um against buffalo was only averaging 10 yards a catch 12 yards a catch last week uh not not really the downfield threat that he was last year um i don't know if it's the if it's the scheme but you know one game over 100 yards that's that's concerning no touchdowns i don't know how you don't hit them in the red zone um maybe they're feeding other guys but it's it's He's still getting his numbers, but and they also I not even mentioning they need to target Austin Hooper a little bit more. I think Austin Hooper's a, a great tight end. Um, he's av- he has seventeen receptions for two forty and a touchdown this year, but I think he they can utilize him a little bit more. His catch percentage is only fifty four point five percent, which is very low. Um, I don't know if that's on Matt Ryan or on Austin Hooper, but I'm a big fan of Austin Hooper, and I think they need to go after him. But I definitely think this team is hurting. Um, for a second receiver that's that can go on the other side, um, 
the other side of Julio Jones. You know, last year the Buccaneers had Mike Evans, uh, but no really great second receiver. Vincent Jackson was always hurt, never really a good receiver. And then, you know, they get Deshaun Jackson this year, and Mike Evans is is having a even better year than he has in years past. So, um, I think the Falcons are just missing that extra threat outside. Yeah, uh, Muhammad Sanu, I believe, is their number two, but he's been hurt. I think. And he's actually, no, but and, and not, I. I personally don't think Mohamed Sanu is anything to get excited over. Um, I'm looking Mohamed Sanu, Taylor Gabriel. Those guys don't get me excited. Um, I understand they have Freeman and Coleman also as threats out of the, uh, in the passing game, but it it's really hard to play two guys. So you know when you play the Buccaneers, it's tough to have double team Mike Evans because you got to have a you have to have guys over with Deshaun Jackson. You can I mean. I mean, you're right, you're right. They need to step up. Those players do need to step up. I think they have the talent to be able to do it, but they haven't been producing so far. So obviously, once those players and Julio's uh, numbers will go up, but I want to go back to, did you watch the game in Atlanta when uh, Matt Ryan was leading down the field? They were in field goal range, and then he threw that killer pick. I know it was a pretty good throw to Austin Hooper, but that's a throw where there was two men around him, it's a tough catch on Hooper. He's getting hit from both sides, and it's just a dangerous throw in a situation where you need to be a little bit conservative there because you get to overtime, you want to trust yourself that your defense can stop that Miami offense for one drive or at least force a field goal and let you let the game come back to you where you have the whole offensive playbook back and you can start feeding Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman the ball again. So obviously Matt Ryan's got to be smart with his decisions. I mean, six touchdowns and six picks, isn't that's not MVP form, obviously. Yeah, I know. Um, he was a big candidate this year to kind of have a drop-off year, especially with how well he played last year compared to years in the past. Um, last year, he actually threw 38 touchdowns with only seven interceptions. Uh, like Connor said, six touchdowns to six interceptions this year. Uh, maybe maybe this is what we get from Matt Ryan from now on. Maybe, maybe last year was an anomaly, uh, kind of out of nowhere. And maybe, you know, the... Slightly more touchdowns to interceptions ratio is, is what we're going to get out of him. Well, I, like I said, I think we talked about this in the beginning of the season. I, uh, Matt Ryan, he's a good quarterback, but he's not that MVP type guy in my opinion. I know he had that great year. I think it was in 2013 or 12 where he set all career highs like he did last year. The next year he goes out and he doesn't do great. He doesn't have his best season. So I think we're seeing a little bit of that. Now, I think Matt Ryan will play better down the stretch, and he'll go back to his career norms, which are still good. He's still a good quarterback in this league. But I just don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. Yes, he's not in that elite category. I think he's one step below. Yeah, you know, we, we I'm not knocking Matt Ryan. I'm not saying we're at the end of his career. But 39,000 career passing yards, uh, 246 touchdowns to only 120 interceptions. Those are impressive numbers for a career uh, also, a career passer rating of ninety three point four, um, which is very good. Yes. And you know, Matt Ryan's been terrific throughout his career. He probably should have had a Super Bowl last year, but Definitely. that's beside the point. Um, but you know, I'm not too worried about the Falcons. I think they'll come around. I think the defense is a lot better than than people think, and I think Matt Ryan's going to start utilizing those weapons a little bit more. And uh, he might not be the Matt Ryan of last year, but I think he can turn around a little bit. So. Um, that's enough Falcons for one sitting. Uh, I, I can't talk about them all day. They're in the same division as the Bucks, So we'll move on. Um, surprisingly, we are talking about one of the New York teams this year. And no, it's not the Giants. We're talking about the New York Jets. Um, you know, they're 3-3. Three and three. They gave the Patriots some trouble last week, uh, even though they did lose. 
if they won that would have won that game, they would have been in first place um, in that division. So, Connor, we were talking about whether Sam Darnold was going to be their pick in the draft, but right now it doesn't seem like they're going for that that top pick. Is it time to start respecting the Jets? I, I think it's time to start respecting the Jets a little bit. Oh, honestly, I still didn't respect them until last week, but when they went out there and went 14-0 on the Patriots, and they were in the game the entire time, it, it made me start to, wow, this Jets team actually, maybe they're not as bad as everybody said they were. Now, are they a playoff contender? No, I don't believe that. But I think that this team is showing a tremendous thing. I think they're uh, showing that Bowles needs to keep his job, first of all, and that he needs to be part of this organization's future. But look at Jermaine Curse. He's been ridiculous for the Jets this season for the weapons around him. He has 299 yards and three TDs. I think he has the highest catch rate of any receiver in the NFL so far with over 20 uh, uh, targets. So I, McCown has played pretty well, seven TDs, six picks. Uh, he's getting the job done. And the defense has really stepped up. If you take out the Oakland game where the Oakland put up 45 points on him, the Jets' opponents have averaged 17 points against them this season, which is a good way to win the game if you're averaging less than 20 points against. And they just held the Patriots, who I think have one of the best offenses in the NFL, to 24 points. That's pretty impressive. I think Jamal Adams is a great rookie to build around, so I'm excited for this team's future. I respect them a lot more than I did coming into the season. I don't think they're garbage. I think they can contend, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team by far. Yeah, I sure, you know, maybe I can respect the Jets for being 3-3. Three and three. Props to them. They're still one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, you really dive into the stats. Passing yards allowed, they're 15th in the NFL. They're 28th in rushing yards allowed. Their defense is really not good. Um, and then on offense, they've definitely benefited from the play of Bilal Powell, Elijah McGuire, and Matt, Matt Forte. Um, all three of those guys, well, Powell and McGuire averaging over four yards a carry, and Forte still having a pretty good year at 3.6 yards per carry. Um, and then, you know, the play of, of Josh McCown, you know, he's really surprised some people. Um, you know, people thought he was kind of being phased out of the NFL, which, I mean, his, uh, his play... His play has warranted that, but you know, a passer rating of 89.2 this year, seven touchdowns to six interceptions, uh, 1,374 yards, and a completion percentage of 70%. Can't argue with that. I mean, you're going to win games um, when you're running games that strong, and Josh McCown's throwing the ball down the field like he is. It's 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 cool to see, but um, if I'm if I'm the Jets front office, I'm saying, hey, we need to be the Colts. We need to go, we need to go three and 13. We need to lose out get a great player at the top of the draft because, you know, they're not contending this year. They're not trying to contend this year. So why win ball games? I mean, the thing is, I, I, I'm 100% always against that. I, I just it took some of the competitiveness out of the game. I love, if you can win a game, I'm always for a winning game. That's just my competitive nature. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see boring games in the NFL. I want to see players going out there trying to rip somebody's head off, trying to freaking win the game at all costs. That's that's what I just – that's like why Herm I Edwards said. You, you play, play to, to win, win the, the game. game. That's that's I love that quote. That is my favorite quote. I'm with that. So I love what the Jets are doing this season. They're one of my favorite teams to watch so far this season. Their games aren't always pretty, but if they can come out with three wins when everybody's doubting them every week, okay, this is the Jets, the week the Jets collapse. This is the week that the Jets just look horrible. And you know what? They've been proving people wrong all this week, and you know what? I think it's a great story. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue that it's not a great story, uh, that it's a great story. But, you know, at some point, Josh McCown's play is going to come around. He's going to throw, start throwing more interceptions than he does touchdowns. 
um, and they're going to have to look, you know, at Hackenberg or someone else. It's going to happen. Below Powell, good running back. Wouldn't be surprised if he averaged over four yards a carry for the season. But, you know, you look at those defensive numbers like I read off, they're they're just bad defensively. So I I think that catches up to them. Um, you know, they're going to play – I mean, Josh McCown, first I want to say Josh McCown, like, is going to look good against uh, – when he's playing the Patriots defense. That's just – that the Patriot everyone looks Everybody's good against the Yeah. So I mean, I'm not jumping on the Jets bandwagon by far. I think they're they're done. They they should just lose out. And I, I understand what Connor's saying about uh, the losing the competitiveness competitiveness in the game, but at the same time, why go for it if you have no chance at winning it? Because like I understand that people have a problem with the whole tanking thing. Um, and tanking is not really part of the NFL in the grand scheme of things. Most teams compete every year. Um, but there are some some teams like, you know, the Colts who went 0-16 uh, to get Andrew Luck. That was an obvious obvious tanking situation. They weren't starting players and they should have. So I think, sorry, I'm rambling on about tanking, but I think the Jets are probably a 6-win team, 6-10. and 10. They'll end up with like a top ten pick. I would love to see them win six games. <laughs> I mean, they're already at three. That means they would go three and seven the rest of the way. That's impressive to me, honestly. I I think that. I mean, most. This team, I think most people would have thought the Jets would be a one or two win team. That's exactly what I thought. And that's them why and the 49ers. Yeah, that's why I've been so happy to see them win three games already. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of want to move on from this topic because it's not very fun talking about the Jets because they're just not good in my opinion, and I just don't think they have a chance. I'll give them their respect. Uh, that's all great and dandy, but at the end of the day, they're going to be at the top. They're going to have a pick in the top ten of the draft, and Josh McCown's not going to be the quarterback next Jets year. Jets Nation, I'm with you. So let's move on. Uh, the last topic of the day before we do our predictions. There's been a lot of good rookies this year. You know, Deshaun Watson, Leonard Fournette, um, Christian McCaffrey, some other guys have been really good rookie years. Um, this is probably one of the best rookie years we've had in a while in the NFL. Um, maybe back to the RG three days, he was that was a really good class as well. But um, Connor, who do you think's been the best rookie so far? Well, there's uh, Sean Watson's an obvious pick. He's been great this year, but there's two running backs that really stood out: Leonard Fournette and Hunt. But I'm gonna go with Fournette this week because I think he's been phenomenal. He has 596 yards in the season, and he scored in every single game he's played. He actually leads the league in rushing touchdowns with six. And the thing that's impressing me about him so much is he's really been carrying this offense, this Jaguars offense, uh, along. Because Blake Bortles, obviously, he's not a great quarterback, and everybody's looking to the running game. And Fournette just keeps on chugging along. He keeps on making big plays. He keeps being a workhorse back. He's not afraid of contact. He's yeah, he's just an all-around really good player. And I think that they've been able to rely on him. Uh, Allen Robinson, obviously, is out. They don't have a lot of really big playmakers. And Fournette's been the guy that everybody's been trying to stop him. Everybody's been focusing on him, and he continues to put up numbers. I hope his ankle injury is okay so we can continue to see him dominate this season. But I, I think he's been the most impressive rookie so far. Yeah, I'm just going to have to disagree with you that there. Uh, Leonard Fournette has been terrific this year. Uh, there's no denying that. But I don't know how you can look past Deshaun Watson. 15 touchdowns to 5 interceptions, a 3-2 and two record, over 100 passer rating, 101.4. One on the year, uh, ESPN's QBR. He's eighty-two point three. That's a rating out of a hundred, so that's really good as well. 
Um, he's actually leading the NFL in touchdowns and touchdown percentage, uh, 61.5% completion percentage. And he's got this Texans team playing well. Um, so I, the quarterback is the most important position in football. Um, no question behind that. So I just don't know how you, how you don't pick Deshaun Watson. Well, I, like I said, I, Sean Watson's been brilliant. There's no denying it. This rookie class has been very impressive. I just want to talk about Fournette and why he's been impressing me so far. Is he's been, uh, like you said, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. But Fournette has been that offense. He's literally been that offense. I know Bortles has had like one good game, but without Fournette, this team is not where they are. Same with Deshaun Watson, obviously. Deshaun Watson has carried the Texans' offense through all this. He's been great. He's gotten DeAndre Hopkins back to an elite level. I think he's brilliant. He's going to have a good career. I just think that Fournette has been just as impressive as Watson. Yeah, you know, he definitely has helped um, the game of uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, to that fact. Um, Will Fuller has five touchdowns in his last three games, two in the two in the first of the three and the, the first and the second of the three games, and then one last week. He's definitely impressed. But there's another player I really wanted to touch on. Um, I mentioned him when I uh, when I was talking about rookies, and that's and that's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's really given the Panthers that threat out of the backfield. He's kind of phasing uh, Jonathan Stewart out of that offense a little bit, and you know they're they're kind of using him as a running back, a Wes Welker slot receiver. They even spread him out wide a couple times. Um, this year he's got he's averaging only 2.7 yards per carry, but out receiving, he's got 37 receptions for 293 yards, uh, really showing he can do it all. He's catching the ball at a 74% clip. I really like what I've seen out of Christian McCaffrey. I was not a fan of him coming out of the draft. I thought he was too small, um, maybe not an NFL-type player. I think you need more physicality to play in the NFL. But he's definitely showing that he, at 21 years old that he's one of the best rookies out there as well. I mean, that's why um, I think McCaffrey's the third best running back, uh, rookie running back this season. And I just... Who's I, your second? He's my second? Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. 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 So, I think McCaffrey's the third. And it's just because, like you said, 2.7 yards per carry. That hasn't really impressed me so far. He hasn't impressed me coming, uh, carrying the ball so far. Obviously, the passing opens up Carolina's offense so much more. I think Funches has been a, a big benefactor of that. And I think Cam Newton obviously appreciates some of the pressure alleviated off him. He can find his dump off at any point, and McCaffrey can make a play. Obviously, I think McCaffrey will develop as a runner. Stewart obviously isn't having any success. I mean, you saw the game last week. So I think McCaffrey's role will get expanded, and he has a chance to maybe leapfrog one of the other two runners by the end of the year if his uh, rushing comes around. He's obviously his passing ability is top-notch already. He knows how to run routes out of the backfield. He has really reliable hands. And you saw Cam Newton's already looking to him on the goal line. He's looking at him on fourth and one. That's his man already. So McCaffrey also been impressive. The entire rookie class has been impressive, in my opinion. I mean, some of the names we're not mentioning. I mean, there's defensive ones. I mean, Jonathan Allen for the Redskins has really provided a huge push up front for us. I mean, there's a bunch of other names out there. So I think this rookie class has been impressive. I'm just putting Fournette on top of mine so far. Yeah, definitely one of the most impressive rookie classes we've had in a while. But, um, you know, that's something we'll follow up later in the season with the rookies because, uh, you know, consistency is key. So they've only played, what, six games. So we'll see we'll how see. they are later in the season. But uh, before we end this week's episode, me and Connor have made a executive decision to now pick every game each week. So 
after last week, I actually have a three-game lead on Connor. I'm 10-10 and 10 on the year in picks. Connor is 7-13. and 13. Talk about pitiful. Talk about Jets. Yeah, Jet, whatever. Jets-type anyway. picking style. Whatever. But uh, we'll start, you know. We'll do. We'll just fire them off. Uh, first game, Thursday night, Kansas City-Oakland. Who you got? I'm picking my upset right now. I'm going to turn my record around with this. Oakland, let's go Oakland. They're going to turn their season around right here. And that's how you make the record work. So I'm going <laughs> with the Chiefs. Next game, Tampa-Buffalo. I'm going with Buffalo. I'm going with the Bucks. So that's two picks we have opposite. Carolina, Chicago. I'm going Carolina in this one. I'm going Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to pick against me again. Okay. I'm going Carolina. Tennessee, Cleveland. I think that's an easy pick. We both have Tennessee. I think Tennessee. Um, Then we got New Orleans, Green Bay. I'm going to go with New Orleans. I'm going to go with New Orleans as well. I think that offense has played... Uh, better without Adrian Peterson, and I, I just think I just it's tough Hunley with, Brett. with Brett Hundley at quarterback. I think it's gonna be tough for the Packers. There so. you go, Brett. Um, Jacksonville, Colts. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville on this one. I like what I've seen out of Jacoby Brissett, but I am going with the Jaguars as well. That secondary is um, too tough. Yep. So Arizona, Los Angeles. Rams? Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. I just remembered there's two teams in L.A., so I have to say it's Los Angeles Rams. Oh, that is true. So um, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I think that defense is stout, and I think Jared Goff is playing well enough for them to win basically any game. So Jets, Miami? Uh, I'm going to go Miami. I think they get the revenge game in this one at home. Yeah, I think the Jets are garbage, like I said earlier in this episode, so I got the Dolphins. Doesn't well. mean I'm not rooting for the Jets, though. So. Then we got uh, Baltimore going to one of the most difficult places in the NFL to play, Minnesota. Who do you got? I'm definitely going Minnesota. Yeah, definitely tough. Um, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's playing. Uh, I think it's going to be Case Keenum again. But he's been doing pretty well. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota as well. Dallas going to San Francisco to play the 49ers. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think they put up a ton of points against them. Yeah, I don't think the 49ers get their first win this week either, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, Seattle on the road, MetLife Stadium, play the Giants. Well, this is the type of game that New York will win back-to-back games against two tough opponents, but I'm going to go with Seattle. I'm going to go with my gut. Yeah, I think it's about time that Seattle really turns around their season. Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well. Next game, we got Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. Hopefully they carry the momentum from last week. This is the type of game that Pittsburgh has lost in the past. They look great one week. They lose to a sub- subpar opponent the next week. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have had enough, and they just need to show it right now that they're elite. Yeah, you know, the Bengals and the Steelers have both been inconsistent teams, but I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, I think coming off last week's win gives Ben Roethlisberger confidence he really needed after that awful Jaguars game. Um, But, yeah, I got the Steelers. Then we go Denver to play L.A. Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. Chargers are at home. I think that they've been in every game so far. They're on two-game winning streak. I think they extend it to three. I can officially say Connor's an overreactor because the Denver defense is terrific. Oh, it is. I think they give Phillip Rivers fits. Um, I got Denver. And, you know, one thing I want to say, the Chargers... Home field advantage is non-existent playing in that stadium. That they, they can't even fill a stadium. But it's not mile high, and that's a tough place to play. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, it's no home field advantage. And like Connor talked, we were talking earlier, uh, away teams have actually won more than home teams this year. So uh, home field advantage really means nothing so far. Uh, Atlanta goes to New England to play the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. I'm going to go with New England at home. I think they uh, show up against the Falcons. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair, though. Yep, I got the I got the Falcons. Um, I just lo- I just think they'll bounce back. This New England, it's a mismatch. This New England defense is awful, and this Falcons offense is really good. Um, I think it'll be a close game, but a high scoring affair, and the Falcons win. Then 
Bun dunk. Uh, little oh, that was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yep, it was awesome. And uh, the Redskins play the Eagles on Monday Night Football uh, in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. Who do you got? I'm going Redskins. Yeah, I'm not surprised that he goes with the Redskins. Not that he's a fan of the Redskins or anything. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles are a top three team in the NFL right now, the way they're playing with Carson Wentz. That defense is really good. The weapons they added with Blunt really running the ball well, and Alshon Jeffrey being a, a, a really a lead threat for them. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are getting too much ground. There cannot be a runaway winner with the NFC East. That can never happen. So the Eagles have to come back down there a little bit. Yeah, you know, last year there was a blowout winner to win the NFC East. So Not I, will counter, I will counter that and say that the Cowboys did go 13-3 and last year. Giants, Giants, went 11 and, Giants went 11-5. and And then after that, it was just a, a dumpster fire. So, um yeah, so that that does it for this week's episode of Goal to Go. Redskins uh, have a positive record. We're not going to talk about the Redskins. <laughs> the Redskins had their one game against I the Giants last year. The show. They had one game against the Giants last year. They needed to win, and they lost. Yeah, I broke a few things after that game. I'm not gonna, I'm not too proud about it. Yep. So we'll end the episode there before Connor breaks something else in this room. Uh, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Goal to Go. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Goal to Go Podcast. Follow Pure Sports Network at Pure Sports Net. Um, Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe and review on iTunes. Uh, We appreciate all of you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Thanks, guys. See you next week.